I couldn't fly because I was washing my tights. Oh, <laughs> boom, boom, and your cape. <laughs> Superman washes his own tights. <laughs> his own tights and his own cape. Yeah. Oh, that's a vision. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Joe, Dr. Energy Piazza. Rara is in the house. Catherine Asaro Myers. Welcome back to BU Network Podcast, conversations worth having. On our podcast, you can expect three things. One, the BU guest moment. Two, the BU moment. And three, the BU final moment. As promised... We are giving you a very special audible on each show. Your job, well, not your job, it's to find it. You know the game Where's Waldo? Well, here we will ask you to listen for that audible. Hi, Dr. Energy. Hello. How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I always get a kick out of that. You got to do it with a little bit of a, and you got to say it. It doesn't come out right if you don't say it without a little bit of a a kind of sly smirk on your face. Mm. How are you doing? And how many shows did we watch where that was pretty popular? Like I, I know there were TV shows that when I was younger, I used to, I used to remember that, and mm-hmm. I guess I heard it in my family in the house. Yeah. It was pretty much how we, how we spoke, right? It wasn't yeah. came by it came by us naturally and honestly. As soon as yeah. someone, as soon as someone hears your Italian, Sicilian, or something <laughs> like that, they, it's the first thing that they with love and affection they yeah, say yeah. that they give that nerve they, right? they give you that nervous little laugh when they find out you're, where you're from. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Sometimes and, people will say to me, "Are you Italian?" I'll say, "No, I'm Sicilian," and they're like, "Oh." <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. it's a, there's a difference uh-huh because we never i never answer yes to italian right, for right. some reason i never have i don't say that i know i'm sicilian yeah that's, canadian that's yeah. a difference yeah and i'm from yeah. sicilian but, from new york and, and it's interesting right how people always ask us where we're from and it's like they need to know Mm-hmm. where you're from, what your background is so that they can, then they can mentally just, okay, I know where, <laughs> what box that fits in and I can treat you like this because that's how I treat people and that are in that box. And I'm not saying we do this on, maliciously. It's just a way that our brain works of categorizing our lives, you know, controlling, I don't know if control is the right word, but categorizing our lives, creating mm-hmm. context and meaning in our life. And, and then people think, think, okay, oh, you're from here. I know how to, you're, so you're like this. You have your, you have these characteristics and I can talk like this to you and they, oh, you're from over here. And it, and it does, it really, Hmm. we we are, we are so much more than where we're from. You know, it's, it's, yeah. And, and when we, we, when we compartmentalize people like that, we, we miss an opportunity to really create a deeper connection with people. Right. We make boxes. As soon as I say I'm from New York, I always get, oh, and then they hear like, I, I thought I heard that. And, or that's why you said that. Or though I can see, or, or you must, and they, they come up with something about New Yorkers, which mm. I understand completely. It, um, it's, it's funny a lot of the times too, but it, they come up with a reason why. Right. 
they noticed or recognized something in me that I said or that I did. Right. And then it just comes out even more, right? That my accent comes out more. You know, I, speaking of great New York accents, I was mm. watching Sebastian Maniscalco. Oh my God, he's hilarious. Oh gosh, he had a, I, I was going to, I'm going to say an Instagram live, him and his wife sitting on the couch day six and day seven right. of being Quarantine, isolated. home, cell phone. Home, yeah. yeah, home, home isolated. And they were so funny. He said this, <laughs> he said that he had hair, plugs in his hair and right. the, the way things were going, his plugs were great, but he was losing all the hair around it. So he had to go and redo it. Like he was just talking about <laughs> his hair and his wife was talking about how she gave herself a self tan and she picked up her arm and she said, look what a bad job I did. And she said, my face is all one color. And he looked at her and he said, well, isn't it usually all one color? She said, no, <laughs> when you have a like, what do you mean? And he gave her that really, you know, distinct look. And she said, no, usually you have a highlight more here and more there. And, <laughs> And they were just sitting on the couch talking about themselves and each other. And then she said to him, yeah, you have a spot, a balding spot. I didn't want to tell you. And he said, where? Where is that? They were hysterical talking about themselves and just goofing on themselves. I so, don't know. He said he's going to do it live every day, but I haven't checked back. But I would. He, I have to do he's that. He's great. There's. I watched there. There's an episode of him with uh, Jerry Seinfeld on comedians in cars getting coffee, and I just laughed my butt off watching. It. It <laughs> really, so funny. Just you know, because comedians see the world differently than most people. Mm, yeah. Right. They yes. and and Jerry Seinfeld in particular. I mean, the guy is brilliant as a, a yes. comedian. Just his observations. I mean, he. The, the career that he created for himself and 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 I, I that's why I love the comedians in cars getting coffee it's not I don't watch it because um I expect stand-up comedy I I watch it because I love the way the conversations that mm-hmm. the comedians have with each other about hey do you see the world this way I see it this way how come everybody else doesn't see it this way yes. and and the humor in the everyday things and where where some of us might go, ooh, that was a little too little too soon, or ooh, that's a little over the line. But that's kind of part of their job is to, yes, like yes. art is to provoke a response in people, right? And and, and so, anyways, the episode with Sebastian Maniscalco on comedians and cars getting coffee was was very very funny. And Jerry picks him up in a in a Z twenty eight or for our American audience a Z twenty eight, and it's it's quite. Uh, it's quite good. Yeah. <laughs> well, I subscribe to his podcast, so it's a little bit different. Um, he goes on. It's everyday conversation. Like you and I just yeah. having a conversation about, yeah. you know, the coffee in the morning and what you do. And and he complains about the parking attendant in the building <laughs> where they're at. Like his podcast is just hysterical about everyday things. And after I listen to him, when I check in on his podcast, I'll think to myself, it would make a lot of sense to really make light of what is going on in our day. Because if we can do that, we could laugh at ourselves, And then we can probably get somebody else to laugh at us with us, which is kind of fun. And, and that's, you know, that's really, and that's kind of what our, our guest today on our podcast is, is talking about and creating mm-hmm. perspective and seeing the meaning in life. Because the, the meaning that anything has in life is only what we give it. So whatever happens to us, around us, or for us is only it only means what it means to us, right? It's going to mean something moment. different at that moment to everybody. The context right. is so important, and how we choose to experience those moments, uh, move through those moments, be with those moments, or resist the moments as may be, defines the meaning in those moments. And it's like we exercise. Get to choose, sorry, 
It's like exercise. It's, it's, it's exercising our mind, our emotional muscle. Right? Yes. And yes. so, so our, I think our, our, you know, our guest today really, she's been through a lot and to be able to come through it and exercise that emotional muscle and learn mm. from it and grow from it and create those different perspectives, I think is huge. So if one of those perspectives happens Before, to be humor, oh. hey, I'm, all, I'm right <laughs> down with it, man. <laughs> I didn't mean to talk over you. Like I would love what you were saying. That you're right. We should laugh at ourselves. Let's 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 see if we can do that. Let's talk a little bit about where we are. So I, I'm in Toronto, Ontario, mm-hmm. Canada. And I'm in, Ottawa, I'm in my yeah. bridge room. Yeah, yeah. And I I think today I'm going to talk about where I am and sort of make fun of myself. So sure. let's let's play on that. So I'm sure. in my bridge room and it's daylight and I've been relentlessly standing in front of my Zoom camera <laughs> for, for hours, not just today, for hours, for days, for days. Right. Well, you've been doing a lot, then, of, a lot of online events, right? So, Oh my gosh, yes. And I don't wear shoes in the house because we don't wear shoes in our house. No, And I like to go, yeah, I go barefoot. That's what I like to do. But when you stand in one place, and every hour I flip out, not flip out, step out. Yeah, I flip out. <laughs> flip out, step maybe. Out, grab the 10 pounds, yeah, flip out, grab the 10-pound dumbbell, go over to the bench, go. I do that for 10 minutes to you know, kind of break, the, break that, whatever's going on. Mm-hmm. But I'm having a hard time standing here. So I had to devise, what would I do in my bridge room? Now, never would I decide to put on a pair of shoes or into like that wouldn't happen. That right. just out of my mind. So <laughs> that is out of my mind. So I thought, well, you know, those little sparkly flip flop things and all those sparkle shoes that they just don't cut it. That's not, I don't want to work in Dorothy from hmm. the Wizard of right. shoes. And I'm in like yoga clothes and stuff or turtleneck and yoga clothes. So I had to come up with something and I did. <laughs> I took these blankets and I put them on the floor and I'm standing on them. Oh, nice. And that is really cool. Why didn't I think of this before? Like months before, why did it have to take right. like four, I don't know how many days am I standing here? Like I'm home for eight days already, right? Right, right. So it's like eight days in front of my computer. Well, you can get the, can't you get those like the, the floor mats like for the kitchen where they're thick so it provides mm-hmm. cushioning? Right? We, used to have, we used to have those. David said the other day, hey, where's that mat? It must be in storage. So I was cooking and I was kind of complaining about the same thing because I didn't devise this yet. And he said, well, why don't you put that mat in front of the stove? And I said to him, you want me to fall on my... "Mm -mm." (laughs) I said, that thing is like being on water. You trust me with garlic and a hot frying pan and a sharp (laughs) knife standing on that thing? And he's like well, wouldn't it be better for your legs? And I'm like, you don't want to know what's going to happen with me in a sharp knife in this pan. Absolutely not. So he said, yeah, it is funny because he's like, just, you know, stand on that thing and it must be in storage. So I didn't want to go into storage and get all whatever. It's cool because they have, they actually have ones because I've been looking at, you know, um, online at sit stand desks, right? So they have the motor control and the desk can rise up from, from, and it has memory. Yes. So you just press one button and it goes to the level you want it. And for, for those desks, when you're standing, they actually have a similar mat I saw. Mm-hmm. And, but so if you're just looking at the mat, it looks completely flat, but inside of it, there are little, um, like, uh, almost like it's not rocks, but it, it, there's like so the the material is molded inside of it in such a way that it's like you're walking on a sandy beach or or 
little small pebbles so that it, it's not an Is actual- Is it like the dog beds? I, I don't know if it's like that. So it's, it's so that you're not walking on an, an, an even surface. It, it uh-huh. simulates yeah. an uneven surface. So it stimulates your, your, the, the receptors in your feet and your legs. So you're, you're not using the same muscles yes. all the time. So it's, it's creating a little bit of variation for your nervous system. They're kind of cool. Okay. So I was looking at one I'll for try myself. I'm gonna tr- yes, I'm going to try that because when we're standing in front of our computer screen, mm. it's different than cooking. And when we're here for hours, because mm. I stand on like 95% of my calls, right. it, does, yeah, it gets a little boring and whatever. And so you know, your body also gets bored and yep. we're in front of our mics, right? So we need to stay in this distance because we know what happens when I walk around, I walk away from the mic, that doesn't work. So we're going to, I should look into that as well, because it will definitely, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm standing, on, I'm standing on blankets right now. So I don't know how old I am, but it's kind of funny laughing at myself coming up with... When I'm leaving the house and coming and going, I'm in a hurry. I don't really need to create a solution. I just need to do what I got to do. But Hmm. now that I know tomorrow, this is going to be my station again, right? Or whichever room I choose, if I'm standing, I need to come up with, I need to systematize it. I need to come up with the solution. So yeah, today I have a security blanket, but I'm stepping on it. You're like Linus with his blanket. (laughs) Yes, I am. (laughs) Rara and her blankets. Yep. So what about you? <laughs> I don't know if I have quite, quite uh, as humorous a story as that. Um, I, you know, it's, it's like I said, it's a, it's a gorgeous day here in, in Ottawa and I've gotten a lot done and, you know, trying to do some laundry and it, it, sometimes when, you know, we've been at home or we haven't been getting out and moving enough or, um, we just got a lot on our minds and, and things are trying to get a lot done in a short period of time. It's always interests me how and where our attention goes. So for example, today I was doing some laundry and I have to go up. We don't, it's a, just a small apartment building, two and a half stories. And so there's no elevator and you just walk up and down the stairs. And so I was down to the basement to do some laundry and I got down to the basement and I realized I had forgotten I'd taken, I brought down my laundry, but I hadn't brought down all my laundry soap and all that kind of stuff. So back up to the, to the apartment I went to get the laundry soap, go mm-hmm. back down. And then I realized, oh, I also forgot to get <laughs> fabric softener. I was like, so back up, back down again. And so this went on a couple of times. And it's just, it's just like, you know, as I was talking about before, about paying attention in the moment, being mindful. <laughs> and I just wasn't, I wasn't being mindful. I was just paying, I was just thinking, okay, I got to get through this and then I've got to do this and I got to do this. I got to make lunch and I gotta, then I got to make dinner at this time and I have to get down to the office just to clear up some details down there and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, we, we, do, we do these things. And, and I just, by the time I got to the third time going up and down the stairs, I just started laughing because I was like, yep, this is my life. You know, it's, <laughs> it's it, you, we, have, we have these moments and just, what are you going to do? You got to go up and down the stairs to get the stuff. You need it. So you do it, you laugh and think, okay, I'll just pay more attention next time. Thanks for the reminder. You need like a little laundry reminder note. Exactly. Don't forget that. So leave the house and, you know, for, like we've done it. We've left the yeah. house, 
get in the car. Oh no, you know, David forgets his wallet or oh, yeah. I forgot my ring. Heaven forfend, I should leave my ring at home. I will get out of the car, drive around the block, come back up because I don't want to leave without that ring. So people do that with know, their phones, right? They won't even they can't they can't even like survive without their phones. Yes, right. I can't survive without the diamond ring, but um, yeah, I do. I do leave Girl's the phone. Best friend. I mean, yeah, that's right. Like, I want that ring with me. That thing makes me happy. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you were able to laugh and look in the moment, and mm -hmm. like you said, be present and be in the now with it, because that's what we have to do, right? That's how we. That's how we find out who we really are in those moments, too. Exactly. Exactly. And you are Superman. We know that about you. So you should have just flown down those stairs and fly right back oh, up. I, and... I couldn't fly because I was washing my tights. Oh, ha, ha, oh. <laughs> boom, boom. And your cape. <laughs> Superman washes his own tights? <laughs> his own tights and his own cape. Yeah. Oh, that's a vision. Okay, we have to put a Superman image. <laughs> on this episode. That's a great segue into flying over to our guest and meeting yes. her on the other side. You're All funny. Right. All right, we'll see you on the other side. Ciao. Be you study. Be more at ease in your communication so you too can have conversations worth having. What is be you study? A private online room to rehearse impromptu speaking, receive instant feedback and achieve quick results, and feel confident that no one is laughing unless you're telling a joke. Plug in anytime, anywhere. Study with seasoned pros. Access your customized feedback. Then speak with ease and build amazing relationships. How many people hop on a podcast and breathe, you know? Mm -hmm. Just in case you want to have a nice deep breath, I thought we could offer that to our guest and our listeners today. We have an amazing person with us. There's so many things I can say about Coco. Before I read her awesome bio, I would like to say when Coco engages with you, you feel like there is no one else in the room. Mm -hmm. I have had the pleasure to sit beside, have lunch with, chat with, and admire from afar our guest. And there is no greater pleasure I have than to say that I consider Coco our friend after the time that we spend together. And she's dynamic. She's really an amazing, amazing, wonderful force that walks into a room. And even if we're not walking into the room, you know her presence is there. I'll share some detail about sure. Coco. Coco's, thank you. She's born and raised in Toronto, Canada, an eighth generation Canadian. Coco Lorraine Vera is an award-winning speaker, corporate trainer, executive life skills coach, singer on a mission to help people transform pain into power. So they thrive no matter what. Coco started her motivational speaking career as a teenage mom when she was asked by her teacher to share your trauma story to inspire her peers. 
she fell in love utilizing the arts and her lived experience to teach her thrive secrets, one of which is that mistakes are really masterpieces in the making. Coco founded a personal and professional development company called Inspired by Coco Inc. In 2001, remember that year, 2001, through which she continues to share her cautionary tales focused on overcoming the side effects of stress, trauma, and loss with her unique style of song, humor, and inspiration. Coco is proud to say that all three of her children have followed in her motivational speaking footsteps <laughs> and looks forward to continuing her legacy through their precious grandchildren. Welcome, Coco. Welcome. Thank you so much. I think I'm going to have to bring you on the road with me. That was the best intro. <laughs> <laughs> My bag is packed, Coco. Yeah. All right, we're going to do it. <laughs> but I'm, nobody's yeah, traveling we'll anywhere right, right now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay. Virtually. Virtually, we will. Vocal, I, pardon me. I was going to say your vocal skills, and I created a whole new word. Coco, your vocal skills. I'm so excited that you sing. You have no idea. Can you talk to us a little bit? Like, I'm just, I feel like a little kid. Can you talk to us a little bit about when you realized you had an amazing voice? Well, it's so funny. My mother said I, I was singing before I could talk. <laughs> so I have always had this melody inside my heart and um, I used to love theater and uh, in my school I went to a private school when I was a young kid and uh, um, they said well you can't get the main part in the play because we want you to do the solo and I was always so angry because they always wanted me to sing instead that should have been my first group. <sighs> do you remember the first song you sang in public Mm, that's, that's a good question. I think it was probably either at my church or my mother was um, part of the choir. And I remember my first solo at church, I had memorized this really cool sort of gospel raspy sounding song. And I shocked everybody because they didn't know that I could copy singers as well. <laughs> and so I went up there, I think I was probably around nine or 10. And I just, you know, I just let it all out. And I had been practicing <sighs> Um, and, uh, then there was another time where I sang at school in front of everybody and, uh, I sang, um, a scripture, the 23rd Psalm. So, yeah, but I mean, I'm sure there was stuff that I did before that, way before that. I <laughs> just don't remember. <laughs> Do you have a song in your head now that you sing on a regular basis? Um, <laughs> yeah, I do. Misty. Um, but it's Oh, kind of really? I love that song. What, what, what's that version for you? Well, I actually have written a, a funny version about women in menopause. Um, <laughs> really that is funny. Or the comedy version. <laughs> Which one would you prefer? Whatever your heart tells you to sing to us. Okay. Well, maybe I'll do the original just to be sentimental because you like the song. Um, Look at me, I'm as helpless as a kitten up a stream. I feel like clinging to a cloud I don't understand. I get misty just holding your hand. Welcome. And there we go. That's enough of that. <laughs> oh, 
That took me to another place entirely. That's awesome. That's I could totally hear you singing a duet with Johnny Mathis. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? Uh, okay, wait, now we have to do the, the, the other version. Okay, go okay. ahead. Go ahead. Look at me. I'm as soaking as a kitten up a stream. I feel like clinging to a towel. I don't understand. I get misty just holding your hand. <laughs> Walk or lay, a thousand beads of sweat begin to play. Yes, menopause is on the way from what I hear. I'll get misty for the next 10 years. Keep the air conditioning on. <laughs> and it goes on. <laughs> oh my God, that's awesome. How happy do you feel after you sing that? Well, it's funny, uh, right? It, hilarious it makes it makes this uh new young grandmahood a little bit easier to bear but <laughs> but yes music has always been the thing that's kept me in a place of peace mm. yes yeah. and your children have all followed in your footsteps yes uh they sing they speak they my my youngest daughter named Shantea is a yoga instructor and a motivational speaker like me and she works with me sometimes in the schools mentoring youth and young women in particular um, my oldest is a singer and a comedian if you watch her on TikTok she's pretty <laughs> hilarious <laughs> TikTok really? black apparently um, and uh, and so she and she's I mean her voice is just angelic and then my son Jordan um, he uh, we're about to release his album. Actually, we were going to release it for his birthday on April 8th, but um, oh, man. with all of these issues, we're not going to be able to do that. So we'll delay it a little bit. Mm. 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 We'd love to have links to all of that so we yes. can post that for our audience if you're okay with that. Sure, absolutely. Um, Jordan is, uh, you know, we're continuing his legacy, as you know. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Coco, talk to us about how you transformed into this strong, amazing woman that you are. Um, that's a good question. I think it was um, it was making personal development a lifestyle and not just mm. a counseling session or a weekend workshop. Um, I think I was really blessed to be able to jump into the personal development field at such a young age when I was asked to speak at 17, um, when I was at my wits end and seeing the faces of the audience um, looking for answers for me, forced me to find those answers for them, which in turn found answers for myself and to get paid to be vulnerable on a stage, but also to have something inspirational to say, I had to drink my own Kool-Aid <laughs> and um, yeah. it saved my life. Now, in case somebody is listening and, and wondering about that statement, save my life, can you talk a little bit about when you say save my life, a lot of people can relate to that. And what does that mean? Like, how can you use that as a moment of transformation? Um, well, you know, we, by in taking ownership of our life, you know, we go through things, challenges, we're going through an incredibly challenging time now. Um, mm. And so what, what I recognize is that we have the power to take the challenging things and turn them into something very significant. So that's the whole pain into power concept where I can take something 
as tragic as loss or, or, or even trauma and abuse and turn it into a song, into a poem, into a workshop, into a seminar, into a, a career. And many people do that. Maybe they're just not aware that that's what they're doing, that, you know, I wanted to become a nurse because I saw that my grandmother was really sick and she didn't get the help that she needed when I was back home. So now I want to, that's turning pain into power. Right? right. And so when yes. we become aware of what makes us mad the most, what what keeps us up at night, and then how can we turn around and take that same passion, that same mm -hmm. anger, and instead of directing it at someone who's hurt us, we sort of direct it at how to help someone else who's hurt, um, how to how to have compassion. It's really post-traumatic growth. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's amazing. One of my mm -hmm. one of my mentors has always said, you know, that our greatest our greatest wound in our life becomes our greatest teacher and then becomes our greatest gift to share with the world as, as we heal through it. And that all that energy that was bound up in a wound, as soon as we liberate it and give it voice and allow ourselves to move through it, then we can help others who have gone through similar things to be free as well. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. And we have to be careful that we're not bleeding while we're leading so right we want to make sure that we heal the wounds right uh, and, share, and pay attention to that share share our scars not our scabs that's right um. <laughs> coco is there something that you can share with us that you have this amazing attitude you are brilliant you are stunning you mm. have absolutely everything when we look at you that someone would say wow, for lack of a better word, like, oh my gosh, look at you. What do you do to empower yourself on a day-to-day -day basis? Mm. Um, well, self-care is key. So I've learned how to recognize when I am overwhelmed. Mm. Um, you know, I do have anxiety. Um, I do, I've suffered with depression for a number of years and post-traumatic stress. And so self-care is really key because I understand that I need to get, ask for help. Um, I tell on myself a lot. <laughs> I call my therapist. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm having some thoughts. These are not good. I really want to eat chocolate all day long. Uh, <laughs> you know, so, um, <laughs> I, um, I, I pay attention to my environment, to the people that I engage with, you know, make sure that I feel safe. I spend a lot of time with my grandbabies. I miss them right now because of this whole quarantine thing. But um, mm -hmm. you know, I have to keep them safe. So, you know, I spend time with my grandbabies um, and you know, I still eat a lot of chocolate. Um, yeah. My name is Coco, so I think that it would be kind of not, not okay to eat chocolate at this. You know, I'm just being true to myself. <laughs> so I use a lot of comedy, a lot of humor as well. Um, try to find the funny in things and creativity. So self-care, family, telling on myself, um, creativity, humor, music, all those wonderful things mm. that's the senses, right? You want to smell something, taste something, touch something, look at something, all that soothing, all that, that, that are completely soothing my senses so that my body relaxes, so that mm. I retrain my brain to think positively. Um, and, and that, and again, making that my lifestyle. Right. And I, th I think that's, I think it's so amazing how you framed self-care there because you know we hear self-care is a big buzzword in the world these days and so and a lot of people think oh that's going for a massage it's going for a manic mani pedi whatever and that's part of it but i like the way that you framed self-care as being able to ask for help doing being able to recognize when you're 
needing that help and, and doing the work on a daily basis to take care of yourself. I think that that is, that's a huge, huge thing for, for everybody at this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think when we're going through stress and trauma, we need to spoil ourselves rotten. You know, we need to like put on our crying clothes and snuggle up on the couch mm-hmm. or go play with our friends when we can, when we finish this whole crisis. And, you know, like I say, you need a prescription to go play golf. You need to go play with your friends. If mm-hmm. I need Yep. Um, and, and really recognize that if I'm okay, then I can help other people be okay. But if I'm not okay, yep. then how do I live? How do I pay the bills? How do I, you know, um, do the things that I, that I want to do, um, and need to do. So. Yeah. Right. Coco, can you tell us a little bit about what does it mean telling on yourself? Yeah, that just means that I'm very honest about um, my weaknesses um, with the people that I trust. So whether it's a counselor that I have, you know, taken the time to really choose wisely, because that works for me, or my, you know, uh, my girlfriends that know me well, and that will give me good advice um, when I'm feeling um, frustrated or angry or, you know, those times when it feels a little hopeless. Um, so it's like, okay, I'm, I'll, I'll call and say, listen, I'm tempted to call my ex. I really want to. And he was really hot. You know, what I mean? like, <laughs> talk me now, please, you know, talk me off the bridge here. I, you know, um, I'm feeling really depressed today and I need you to check on, check on me later. Cause if I stay in bed for the next two days, it's not mm-hmm. good. So mm-hmm. you know, they'll, they'll, they'll call me on it. Um, and especially when I know that I'm about to, to do the thing that I'm trying not to do. Um, and, um, and so that's really, it's just recognizing that, um, that I can't be my own brain surgeon, right? I can perform brain surgery on somebody else, but I can't, you know, lay down on the bed and put a mirror behind my head and say, okay, suit her. (laughs) I need someone else to look at the back of my head and tell me what's going on. Um, and so, uh, you know, I'm honest about it. Thank you. You're communicative. I guess that's the key, right? Yeah. Yeah, just, you know, being honest, being real. I have these real conversations with with a few very dear people. My mom is included in that Um, and and my children too at times, although I do try to protect them from some of it. But Mm -hmm. but yeah, it's just just being real and honest and recognizing that um, that I, I, I don't have to do this alone. Right, right. Thank you. Thank you for that. I wonder, what does it feel like to be eighth generation Canadian? Hmm. Yeah, it's a beautiful history. My family um, were black loyalists. They fought for the British during the War of Independence. And when the Americans won the war, the British said, we're not giving the slaves back and sent us to Nova Scotia. So I love my history, my Canadian um, history. Um, All of my great uncles were in the war, um, you know, and uh, so it's, it feels it feels kind of surreal. If I, I do feel a little bit displaced sometimes, though, because people say, "Where are you from?" I said, "I'm mm. Canadian." Yeah, but where is your mom from? She's from Canada. Yeah, but where's her mom from? <laughs> Canada. Yeah, but where? <laughs> you know, it's like they don't want, they don't really want to believe, you know, that that we have been here this long. And then when and then when I say, "Well, my father's from the St. Kitts," oh, okay, that makes sense. Right. And now it feels like people can can place my color, but. Mm. Uh, I'm very proud of my Canadian heritage and, and my family being a part of building this country. Um, 
um, my my grandmother and my grandfather moved to Toronto um, when they were in their 20s and have my mother and then had me I had my kids and then my kids have kids so there's like five generations in Toronto wow or four generations around my mom, me, my my daughters, and my and my grandkids. So, wow. yeah. that's amazing. It's and it's 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 interesting how you you know you mentioned about how people ask where you're from. The the whole need that so many people have to put us in a box or categorize who we are, where we're from, as if that explains who we are. Yeah. Sometimes right? they say, oh, "I'm from I'm planet I'm from planet Earth. Where are you from?" Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Coco, I wanted to talk a little bit about, you said you were a mom at 17. Yes. If somebody's listening right this minute, I'm sure there are people listening, of course, and they're thinking, what was I doing at 17? And you were a mom at 17. What type of self-talk did you have to have to be able to find the strength to be an awesome mom? Mm, Well, I think when, um, when I was pregnant with my daughter, um, I don't know if it was like our, our two brains combined, but I got so bold when I was pregnant with her. <laughs> I just was like, Mama bear. Yeah. I, that came out and I said, nobody can tell me what to do. I'm having this kid, whether you like it or not. You know, <laughs> I even got an A in chemistry, which is, which was unheard of because I'm dyslexic. So, you know, yeah. so, uh, when she was born, it went right back down to a D. But, um, you know, I just think I was fiercely protective of my children, which made, you know, and, and in trying to keep them safe, I, I ended up keeping myself safe for the most part. Um, and it, I have to say that, that, that I focused on loving um, loving my children. And I used to, you know, work with a lot of teen moms. That's probably my favorite group to work with. And mm-hmm. I'd ask them to close their eyes and put their hands either on their little one that they had or their belly. And I'd say, you know, um, take away the fact that you were kicked out of the house, that you're living in this group home or this home for teen mothers, that you don't have any money, that the baby daddy might have some issues. Move all of that stuff out of the way for a moment and just touch your stomach or touch your little one. What do you feel? Forget the fear, forget the money issues, forget all of that. What do you feel? And then the tears would start to stream down their face and they would say, I feel love. I said, now you're going to have struggles. You're going to have issues. You might get married. You might not. You might finish school. You might not. You might get a good apartment. You might not. What you can do though is love. You can love that little one beyond, beyond belief. And so, and that love is going to be what's going to keep you from going over the deep end when you don't have any money, when the baby daddy isn't around or when he is around or when you get married or you get divorced or you have a job or you don't have a job. You have, the love is what can, is stronger than all of that. If you can focus on that love, that baby deserves it and you deserve it right back. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. You're like, wow, feeling that, right? Yeah, We're feeling that. Yeah. Coco, on a day that doesn't have the sun shining, on the day that doesn't have everything aligned, how do you battle that type of day? Oh, um, I let it happen. I stay in the dark. I cry my eyes out. I let it go. I literally will, you know, throw my temper tantrum, um, <sighs> give myself permission to be angry, let my heart break. Um, because if I don't, the next day it's going to still be dark. Mm-hmm. Or the, the darkness will permeate through the sunny days, right? Mm-hmm. I know that the sun is going to come out. The sun will come out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I could feel that one coming. I felt it. Felt it. Felt it. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
honestly, sometimes that idea pisses me off. I'm like, I don't want the sun to come out. Damn it, I'm dark right now. And I'm not just talking about my skin. Like, you know, yeah. um, like I do get angry at this idea of this, you know, because I'm a motivational speaker and I sometimes right. I turn that part of my brain off. Like, stop motivational speaking myself. <laughs> but, um, I, you know, so like I turn this off and say, can I just be depressed for five minutes, Coco? No, you breathe, breathe. I don't want to breathe. You know, like I yep. have those moments. <laughs> but, yep. but I let myself, give myself permission to let my heart break. And then miraculously when I do that, it, it, the, 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 the pieces start to get put back together. Mm. But if you're constantly trying to, you know, stop your heart from breaking and hold those pieces, you can squeeze so hard that you'll break it even more than it was before. Right. right? Yes. Picture a glass with a little crack in it. I'm like, oh, I don't want this to break, so I'm just going to squeeze it together. You squeeze so hard that glass is going to shatter. Right. Um, let the glass break. Let the heart break. Feel the pain. You do, it's okay to feel the pain. I'm not afraid. I remember, you know, the, the, the worst trauma that I ever experienced in my life was last June. And I said to myself, I am not afraid to feel this pain. I'm not afraid mm. to feel this pain. And I kept saying, it's like a mantra. I am not afraid to feel this pain because pain is bad, but pain mixed with fear and, 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 and anger and mm -hmm. it, it exasperates the pain even worse. And then it becomes toxic pain. Yes. So yeah, feel the pain and, and recognize that you will get through it. It's, it's so important. It's so important to, to, um, allow ourselves to feel whatever we're feeling in the moment, like give ourselves that permission, like you said. And because if we don't, then those feelings just get suppressed and they go deeper and deeper. And eventually when they do come out, it's like you said, the darkness starts to permeate the sunny days and then it gets even worse. So to be able to have those tools, those resources, the people you seek out and, and giving yourself permission to have a, a little pity party or a, an angry party or whatever it is. It's, it's always funny because you, as you, as you've probably experienced, you're going to say, Oh, I'm going to give myself 10 or 15 minutes or a day or whatever, but it never lasts as long as the time that we say we're going to allow ourselves to feel it. Cause it, as soon as we acknowledge it and work with it, it dissipates. It does. And I was just mad. I was like, I'm, I'm still, I'm not done crying. Where is the tear? Come back tears. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Coco. I didn't. I didn't mean to in interrupt you before, Doctor Energy. I want to honor Jordan. Can we do that? Of course. <laughs> That's my favorite thing to do. Yes. Mm. I know. I know. So I would like you to lead that for us. Oh, thank you. So my precious baby boy, my son Jordan, um, who is twenty-six, uh, transitioned. I don't like to say he died because I don't mm. believe death. Mm -hmm. He transitioned. Um, in June of, of last year, 2019, um, he was struggling with asthma and a few other major complications with um, fungal cyanides and things like that. And mm -hmm. his body was tired and he's not suffering anymore. And I am so grateful that he chose me to be his mama. Um, mm -hmm. and, um, and so we are continuing to to uh, to build his legacy because he was a powerhouse. I mean, if you heard, if you love the way that I speak, you need to look yes. up Jordan Vera because he's a spoken word poet and a speaker and an artist, mm. and um, he just took everything that I taught him and then times it by ten, and was a phenomenon in our city, um, particularly with young people. He started his own company with his sister Shamaya, called Spoken Herd, now called The Herd. Um, and they did spoken word poetry events all over the city. And he mm. gave 
people a platform to share their truth through music, poetry, dance, you know, theater, you name it. Um, he was a champion for the, you know, the art scene in Toronto, the underground art scene, and specifically spoken word poetry. And then, of course, he became a speaker like me. I used to actually take all the kids out of school sometimes and, and yeah. with me to different presentations and they would be on the stage doing stuff with, um, alongside me. So he became a, a phenomenal motivational speaker and worked with youth, created a program called the Black Boy Brave Program, working with our young black boys in schools who feel marginal, who are marginalized, who are feeling you know, left out. Mm. Um, and I mean, the way that he just engaged audiences was phenomenal. Um, and so, um, but it was, uh, it was hard work. And um, I remember a month before he transitioned, before he passed, uh, he said, mom, I think I'm done with this work. Um, mm -hmm. I just want to be an artist. I think I just want to be free. I'm tired. And I said, okay, that's no problem. He said, maybe I'll Uber <laughs> or something. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't know he was going to Uber off the planet of the earth. Like right. he was so I know he's, his work was done. He wrote over 500 songs, about 300, 300 songs, 500 poems. Wow. Um, we're going to be releasing his poetry books. He just finished recording his CD two days before he went in the hospital, um, wow. before he passed. So he was done, um, his work, and now it's just for us to share it with the world. Thank you. Thank you for, for sharing. Of course, we want to honor Jordan and all of his work and everything that you are doing for his legacy yeah it's healed it, it's helping the broken heart i mm. will live with the broken heart for the rest of my life but i'm learning how to live with one well and and coco i'm thinking about the teacher that asked you to sing the teacher that asked you to share your your pain mm. how old were you when she did that he or she did that well, it was a teacher, a public health nurse, and a social worker at my school. I went to Monarch Park in oh, the, yes. you know, the upper beaches. Uh, and uh, <sighs> I like to say that. I don't think it's called the upper beaches, but I call it the upper beaches. Uh, if, okay. If people you in the beaches, if you're, if, you're north, if you're north of Kingston Road, you're not in the beaches anymore. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. I went to Neil McNeil for two years. I know, I know the area. Whatever. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I grew up in those days. Oh, my gosh. So, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah um so they i was uh, you know pregnant about eight months pregnant and, uh, and uh, the public health nurse at my school was giving me milk coupons and they were just so kind to me um and uh, i was sitting her i was sitting in her office and instead of going to math class i would just talk to her about what i was going through and they they saw my gift even though my situation didn't look the, like it was you know ideal and uh, then they said we want you to be a part of a program before you quit school called Positive Choices. And I said, it was a little late for that, don't you think? <laughs> no, no, we want you to share your story um, and tell young people about, you know, what you've gone through. And I was pretty honest about, you know, the trauma that I experienced in my childhood and how that led to poor decision making and low self-esteem and, you know, that whole thing, looking for love in all the wrong places, you mm. know, that uh, sort of, yeah. Another song. That's right. You know, and Cinderella's and Snow White's, they all had daddy issues, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. So <laughs> I didn't go to the ball. I went to the club, you know, and, uh, and so they let me tell my story. And, um, and I, it was just like, miraculously, that pain transformed into power. And I don't think I was aware at the time what was happening. But you know, when you look back 10, 15, 20, now it's 28 years later, 27, 28 years later, I am 
I'm recognizing the power in that moment. Mm. So they were beautiful. There there is power. And if you didn't realize it, then you definitely can look back and see it now, right? Oh yeah. I am convinced that uh, that was the, that was a gift that, you know, um, because I, I don't know where I'd be today if they hadn't given me that opportunity. And I did try to go back to school and become a secretary. I tried to do the interior design thing and nothing worked. So <laughs> I was like, oh, you know, I'm good at this stuff. So then I started the company in 2001. I haven't looked back. And what a year to start that. I mean, I remember 2000, 2001. Those were interesting times, correct? Yeah, I don't remember what was going on in the rest of the world, but I remember what was going on in mine. I was a little self-absorbed, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> you know, with, with having my daughter, she was born. Um, and so, yeah, it was, she was born a few years before that. And I had my son after that, and then another young one. So by that, by that time I had three children. And so life was speaking in diapers. <laughs> mm. Busy. And you, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead, Dr. No, Energy. I was, I was say, very busy. I can imagine, you know, my, my sister has four kids and I remember, you know, when they were all, all still, you know, young and some of them in diapers and working, she's a, she's a professional as well. So it's, I, I can't even imagine. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, but it saved my life because it gave me something to do besides dad. Mm. You know, they were my joy. They were my, we, we had so much fun, you know, walking home from daycare, singing silly songs on the sidewalk, mm. lions and tigers and bears. Oh my, you know, it was just, <laughs> it was just fun. <laughs> You, you have, you have fun in you. You find the fun. I can feel it from your heart. And I'm so happy that you're here. We are both so happy Mm. that you're here with us today to share, to share it all for our audience to hear your greatness and how you have transformed and turned what you have in your life into greater things. And we honor you. We honor Jordan and your children and the work that you're doing. You're so, there's so much to be said for the unspoken word. And I know that you've spoken to us, but we can feel some very deep, deep conversation going on. Yeah, humor is, it helps the, it, it's like it helps the medicine go down, you know, especially mm. with the work that I'm doing now. Um, I am a wannabe stand up, but I think I'm more accidentally funny than on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> you, you're funny, you know, you're funny. There's nothing to, no way around that. You are. This is a good, time to segue into our BU final moment. Mm -hmm. Coco, from what came up today, the conversation that we had, the energy and the emotion that went around us, would you be kind enough to share with you what your BU final moment is with us and our audience, please? Yeah, I think that, you know, there's power in this platform that, you know, speaking and sharing your story in this way um, on a podcast or what have you is really beautiful. I've enjoyed the conversation and I and I'm grateful to the two of you for sharing your platform with me. So that's, to me, this is, this is also a very, very powerful uh, part of, of my journey. And I'm, and I'm thankful. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you so Thank much. You. We appreciate you being here. Dr. Energy, would you yes. like to share your BU final moment with us? Absolutely. I just want to say that I, you know, I love having these, conversations worth having as we like to say and you know Mm. this conversation in particular is just I found so uplifting and high energy Uh, I feel uh, just inspired myself to remember 
to find the fun, to find the gift in, in each moment. And it really is um, perspective and how we give meaning to the things that happen to us or with for us in our life. And um, to, to hear Coco, your story of, of how you have been able to continually take what most people would look as being beat down and, and uh, trauma and staying in it. And you have been able to transcend it and create something greater, not only for yourself, but for the world uh, and leaving a legacy and creating a legacy is just amazing. So I'm taking that forward with me the rest through the rest of my day and week and months and years. So thank you. Mm. Rara, what about, uh, what about you? Might be you fine moment. Coco, when you sang, mm -hmm. you not only hit a note and a chord, but you definitely hit a vibration in me that really made me think about how we can find deep meaning in peace and sadness and happiness because there's a reason. And when you were singing, it was bringing me back to when I was really little because that's how I remember that song, Misty. And it was one of my uncle's favorite songs and he used to walk around singing it. <laughs> that was a long time ago. And no matter what has gone on or gone through my life, I always remember that song in my uncle. No matter how close I was or wasn't to him or what went on in his life, it, it brought amazing memories to me throughout my childhood. And you brought that back, which means to me that we can always find a deeper, truer meaning and not necessarily respond or react. Because at this time, there are many reactions that people are having and things that are going on and responses and whatever that is, we can go inside and we can find the beauty in things that have happened. And that's what that song did for me. I want to thank you so much for singing amazingly to us all. Oh, I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you both. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for being yes. here. It's been fun. It's been meaningful. It's been deep. You have taken us on an amazing trip to the Life Fantastic. I look forward to what's next. Yes. And now that I know that we are all in this together, we have lots of things to do together. Yes. Excellent. Thank you for being here, Coco. Really appreciate it. Thank you for joining us. Sharing is caring. Tell your friends about conversations worth having on BU Network. We really appreciate your reviews, and you can do that on Apple Podcast. Thank you. For show notes and links, go to www.b-u.network forward slash podcasts. Connect with us via our website, www.b-u.network, and build a relationship with us. Sign up to receive information, updates, and your free video training at www.b-u.network forward slash pro. We're looking forward to hearing from you. And thank you for being with us. Ciao. Ciao, baby. Ciao.